and speak to him just worship him worship him in your own word tonight just worship him the presence of the Lord is here the anointing of the Lord is here the power of the Lord is here worship him tonight worship him tonight lift him up tonight speak to him tonight tonight is the night tonight is the night tonight is the night tonight is the night God walk in an unusual way Father, we worship you, Lord. Lord, we worship you, Lord. King of glory, we worship you. Ancient of days, we worship you. The bright one is God, we worship you. We worship you tonight. Oh, Lord, we lift you up. We lift you up. We lift you up. Lord, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. May the Lord help us all in Jesus' name. I want to just congratulate yourself for being a part of what took place tonight. Thank you, my sister. I experienced worship like never before. May God continue to crown and reward you. More anointing and more grace. The atmosphere is different. I wish God can open up our eyes sometimes. The atmosphere is different. May the Lord continue to keep you and your family. In the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. We're just going to continue from where we stopped last Sunday. And um, before we start, I had a question. Somebody asked me a question. Um, uh, it was a lady. And because um, we're talking about the qualities of a real father. And uh, before we went into the quality, I remember saying, reading from the scripture. I want us to quickly go there. Because everything we do must be based on the word of God. No matter the amount of education that we have, no matter the grammar, the word of God supersedes all. Amen. I want you to turn with me quickly to the book of Ephesians that we read on Sunday. Ephesians chapter number 5. And we read from verse number 21. Actually, we read 22 all the way to verse number 33. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter. I'm shaking. Hallelujah. I've never felt this. We give God the glory for his presence. Thank you, Father. He said, wives, submit, your, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. For the, law, for the husband is the head of the wife. As also Christ is the head of the church. And is the savior of the body. The question was, if my husband asked me not to go to church. Maybe he's not a born again yet. And uh, I'm, I'm born again and I go to church. And he said, don't go to church. Don't go to prayer meeting. Uh, he's the head of the house. Should I obey that? Should I obey that? Anybody is for everybody. Hallelujah. 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 Should I obey that? Should I, I mean, I'm doing the right thing. I know that he's the head and I'm doing the right thing. Should I listen to God or should I listen to him? But this is the answer that I gave uh, based on the wisdom that God, the little one, minute one that the Lord gave to me. The answer is still yes. You must obey your husband because your husband is the head of the family. It was God Almighty that appointed him. If you have any problem, then go before your knee to that, to his boss. I might speak, if, if you have another opinion, just let me know. Hallelujah. Uh, it's, a, it's a discussion. And it was a question that came and that was the, the, the answer I gave. I said, because when God appoints somebody, it's like, it's like, like I said before, like an organization. Um, we have the CEO, we have the head of department. The head of department, every other person submits to that head. And there is always an hierarchy. There is always somebody that is higher. So if you have a problem with that person, you, you don't take it up with that person. Instead of causing a strife in your house, chaos in your house, and trying to disobey your husband, you go to, your, you go to his boss. And you kneel before him. And you talk to him. You cannot solve it. It's not by might. It's not by your power. It's not by your might. It's not by your, 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 your strength. It is by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Um, and I gave an example to her. What happened? This is what I experienced. Uh, one of my daughters, um, they came from Nigeria to America. And the man got a student visa. He was studying engineering. When they came, they came with a little boy. When they came, uh, the, the lady was working. She was doing CNA job. Um, she works the whole weekend. She was the one working. She was the one making the money. But the husband was going to school. So they were, she's responsible for paying the bills. And whatever was left, the intention was there for them to save it. And this man, for some reason, her parents back home, 
So you normally take from the money and send some to the parents. So at the end of the month, after paying all the bills, the woman in her mind, she expected to have like X amount of money in their savings account. When she goes there, there's no money there. So he goes to the man and he said, oh God, I know you are my husband and everything, but you know what? The way we are doing now, things are not going to work that way because everything in America is built, built, built. So if we spend everything we have and we don't have anything, there's a little child that we have to take care of. She came up with an idea, a suggestion that is very good. She said, you know what? At the end of the month, after we pay all our bills, we have like $500 left. Okay, let me go open up my own account, a personal account. Since I can control money, since you cannot really control money, Let's open up a savings account. $500 that is left. Let me save $300. So whatever two, more at least $200 is left, whatever you want to do with it, you can do with it. The man said no. He said if you open up your account, that means you're doing your own thing. I'm done. It resulted into, you know, they started fighting at home. And the man was like, I'm going to open up the account. After all, I'm the one working. And the man said, hey, you are the one working. Okay. Go open up the account and let's see. The day you open up the account, the marriage is over. We have to understand that our fight is not against flesh and blood. There is a spirit that has taken over. And as men and as women of God, we need to be wise in the things of the Lord. And she called me one early morning around 6 o'clock and she was crying. What is the problem? And she told me and she said, I'm just telling you, but I'm still going to go open up the account anyway. I grew up in the church where the husband is the head. And that was how I was brought up. And to be honest with you, then the amount, the rate of divorce is really low unlike what we see these days. And I gave her the advice on the way I was brought up. And I told her, I said, Do, if your husband say no, obey your husband. But go on your knees and pray to God. Ask God to direct you. Ask him to. Because sometimes we react based on our emotions and things that are going on. And we make a decision that we will leave to regret later. And I advised her and I told her, you know what? Don't open up the account. If you say no, don't open it up. But continue to pray. I tell you people of God, three days prayers change the mind of the man. One evening came to him, came to her and said, you know what? I realize it. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I can now see. At that time, he could not see. What made him not to see? I don't know. But he realized that, you know what? What you're saying is right. Go ahead and open up the account. And that was it. So question now, if she had gone behind her husband, and when the husband said, don't do it, you go ahead and do it anyway, what would have happened? And right now, the woman is enjoying. The man finished his electrical school. I mean, he, he, he got a good job. And the woman is the one. She's not working now. She's relaxed at home, taking care of the little boy. I saw her the other day. I'm like, ah, Sister Kaidera, wow. You don't take, level don't. I mean, you can see it now. Things have changed, you know. At that time, she was laboring and things were coming. If she had made the wrong decision, what would have happened? Hallelujah. Am I speaking? I hope I'm speaking to the body of Christ today. That is why I threw out the question, what would you have done? Would you have? For me, I, the word of God says it all. If we look at this Ephesians chapter uh, 5 from verse 22 to 33, it answers everything. And it, as a counselor, our counseling should be based on the word of God. 
what is God saying? If God says so, he can take care of it. Hallelujah. He can take care of it because right now, the body of Christ, especially marriage, is being under attack. And I stand here because of the stories that I've heard, people that I've touched, and people that I've agreed with. You know, but as, as people of God, we need to stand up and say, what is really happening? What is happening? Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell, upon this rock, I will build my church. You are the church. Christ is the foundation, but families are the building block in which God is using to build his church, to mold his church, to bring together his people. But if the church is messed up, if the families are scattered, what will become of the body of Christ? What will become of the body of Christ? It's just a simple instruction. I know that today we women, some of us, we are career women. We, are, we, are, we have a lot of things that we are doing. But I want us to understand that even before we became a career woman, the Bible has already been written. We are in 2017. God has already seen 1317 when he wrote the Bible. His word never changed. If we can just obey God's word and abide by it, things will be much more easier for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. If you have another, it's open. If you have another suggestion, another answer to that, you can let me know so that when I see her, I prayerfully consider it and reason and maybe give her more advice. Hallelujah. We need to be empowered because today we are hearing all kind of, okay, thank you, sir. God bless you, sir. Just pray my daughter won't marry those, those kind of men. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there's something what's called uh, domination. And there's something that you just don't know. And, um, you know, this grace thing, she went on her knees. I think sometimes the approach, you, the way people approach something, even before you go on your knees, Maybe before you even do it, you've already ignited the fire. And all you want to do is not to exhaust, uh, quench it. And then it takes longer. Because approach and the voice that comes out of our mouth are very, very important. Um, that's why communication is very key. Um, even if you disagree, is the tone. And uh, prayer will do the rest. If the tone has been very feisty in the beginning, probably the end result is just you're going to do more work. Because if it takes a year or two years before the guy turns around, what happens? Can you endure it? That's where forbearance, you know, we have to be able to endure things come. Um, you know, I, I've seen similar situations that have destroyed families. Uh -huh. um, and little, little things like that, before you know, it, it escalates. Mm -hmm. From that small things, and then before you know it, it just expands because the way we handle it and because we don't have patience. Um, you know, I will give somebody the advice you gave, but um, God help us. If it lasts longer than man can handle. <laughs> um, because the person who is, in, who is 
taking the, the other side of it is the one who is suffering inside. And that's, you know, you see a lot of women who are men who are domineering. They dominate everything. Um, maybe it's just the way they, they do things. You know, everything I have, I have to give the upper hand, which is okay, uh, as the Bible says. But, you know, I think he said that my own way of is co-laborers, co not the ones that dominate all the time. Because every time I do anything to my wife, I'm looking at my daughters. Will they get this kind of treatment from a man that will marry them in the future? That's the way I think. I don't know about somebody else because, well, because my, if I look at my wife and I say, will you pray for your daughter to experience the kind of treatment I'm giving you? That's a powerful prayer. Because I, if she treats me well, I expect those things to transfer to my children. So that has helped us in the way we discuss and the kind of relationship we will have with ourselves. Because we just look at, we're building a future. And then what they see around us is what they're going to emulate. So my way of thinking is God first. Then I look at, hey, I have two girls and a boy. Will they be able to behave godly, humanly, um, with some kinds of decency with whoever they have relationship with. So they have to think about that. That's the way I feel. I mostly, I always tell, I always say wherever I go, men being the head does not mean you have to dominate. You know, it does not mean you have to be uh, in, just, you know, telling your husband, your wife, no, do this, do that. No. God, God, God is the head of all family. And yet he still gave us the free will. You know, to say, but it doesn't mean we have to abuse it. Uh, but because God is the God of order, everything in the body of Christ has to be in order. Like I said, when there is no order, there is disorder. And when there is disorder, there is chaos. I have spoken honest, I'm speaking out of experience. And, and sometimes when, when we go God's way, the answer is always good. I have never gone God's way before and I live to regret it. So that is why I always stand there must be, it may take time, like my brother said. It's a process, but it's a process sometimes that you have to endure, knowing that God will never fail you. He will never fail you. So I would rather have him fight for me than fighting for myself. Because most of the time, we lose the battle. We lose our husband. We lose our children. We just lose everything. And at the end, you're looking at yourself. That thing that looks so big at that time becomes small. And I begin to ask yourself, I mean, now that, that power that is making it, because for a man to say, no, you can't do this. There's some, I mean, it, ordinarily, a man can see that it's, it's something good for your wife to, to save. But, you know, the power that is against, that is fighting against marriages is so strong. But as a believer, we need to wake up from our slumber and, and not be ignorant of that. And see and say, okay, you know what? I know what this is all about. And you just go on your knees. And, and for me, that is how I, I say, God bless you, sir. Um, you know, I, it's, uh, I, um, I agree with you completely. Um, whether we like it or not, the world is, is uh, um, uh, exercising a terrible influence on the church. 
And I think one of the worst things that happened for women is when we, uh, I may get into trouble for this, but there's a sense in which we, uh, some of our, even our sisters have bought wholesale into this whole women's liberation thing. And it, I think it was something that some men concocted to take advantage of women, unfortunately, because it hasn't liberated women. It has put them in greater bondage, what we call women's liberation. But the point I wanted to make really is this. If, if you go God's way, uh, I'm, I'm a person that believes that the Bible is a very precise book. If you read that verse of scripture, it says, women, submit to your own husband. In other words, every couple has its own arrangement. And the problem we have is that we tend to compare ourselves. Okay, what is this woman doing with her own husband? You don't understand the dynamics of their own relationship. And you try to import those dynamics. If you just concern yourself with submitting to your own husband, find an arrangement. That's why I, because clearly in that story, the man's issue wasn't the opening up an account. Because ultimately, they opened that account. There must have been something going on there, some, something in the dynamics that was going on. Because if it was the account issue that was the problem, that account would never have been opened. There's somebody that said something sometimes. It says, women want love from their husbands. Husbands want respect from their wives. If you respect your husband, there is nothing you cannot get from him. Uh, and so I, uh, that, that's, that's what I'm, I think the point I'm just, there's a reason why the Bible says submit to your own husband. Uh, because if you're looking at somebody else's dynamics, you may make the wrong choice for your own relationship. Um, somebody once said, um, a lo- he said, I don't know, maybe you've, you've heard it before. He said, life is like an examination. He said, many people are failing in life because they are busy copying other people, not knowing that each and every one of us has been given a different question paper. Because if I copy the answer to your own question to mine, I fail. If I copy, if you copy mine, you fail. That is why he said, like, I agree, to your own husband. Don't try to say, oh, that is what... uh, um, Sister Rachel's husband, if it's Sister Rachel's husband, or my, you know, no, 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 no. To your own husband, you have to submit to him. And don't use somebody's S formula to your, for your own formula in marriage. But the standard still has to be the word of God. Hallelujah. Sir. Yeah, I'm, 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 I am glad that you said the standard has to be the word of God. Because uh, uh, if, if I if I use, let's use a hypothetical case where the man or you know, a partner will tell another partner to go do something that you know is really evil. Mm-hmm. It's evil. Say a, a husband because uh, he is not in good terms with some other person will ask the wife to not be in good terms with that person or to do something gossip, kill, and the person is, would the wife obey that? Would the wife, because, your own husband, yes? Like for example, my husband comes, maybe he has a, okay, praise the Lord, mm. my husband comes, I want us to be, because yes. I, I'm praying for healing 
in marriages in the body of Christ. God wants to see children growing up in home where husband and wife, they're in unity, they're in one accord. You know, there's something about marriage. Marriage, you say the man will leave the father and be cleaved to, 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 to the wife. You know, when I'm looking at that, when the Lord gave me revelation, is is it's like holding two plastic cups and you, you heat them up and you mix them together. They are sealed, it's tight. Try ripping it apart. And see what happens. That is what happens to people who go, who go through divorce. It's painful. Because some parts of mine is, is with him. And it, that is why it is very painful. And come and look at the children. So, and that is what is happening in the body of Christ today. And now even it's getting to an extent that it looks as if it's normal. And you know, we're going to go that side. My 16-year-old girl went to school. They killed high school. Came to school. Was depressed. And she was crying, and the friends came, and they're asking, why are you crying? He just said, the parents, they are separated after 20 years. And the friends came and said, is that why you're crying? Almost half of the students in the school, their parents are separated. Now it's becoming out. Which generation are we raising? That is why I am pleading with father. I know sometimes it's hard, but let's take it over to God. He's the CEO. He's the originator. He created marriage. Like that one, for example, maybe anybody can answer. For me, if my husband has something with another person, and he said, don't talk to that person. At that time, at that time, that doesn't mean I will hate the person. I will not do evil. But when you say, don't talk to that person, at that time, I will have to go to God. If it is something that is wrong, I'm praying and interceding for my own husband. What is in his heart that will, make me, that will make him to tell me and give me that instruction? And again, I don't want to disobey him because it is my home. I don't want to start a wall in my home where other people are enjoying their home. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that because that is my home. At the end of the day, I still have to go meet my husband. I still have my children to take care of. I will not. I will pray for them. I will pray for the woman, whatever the situation is. That is how I handle my stuff. I handle it with prayer. And I'm standing there to keep saying it because it has never failed me. It has never failed me. I don't know, maybe other people have that experience. But because I completely and totally... I think maybe that's a simple one. That's a simple one. Mm -hmm. I've been in a counseling situation. Okay. Man, uh, I'm sorry, we don't have too many young children in here. But the man wanted the, uh, his wife to, uh, uh, yes, the woman, sorry, wanted her husband to watch uh, pornographic movies with her. Because that's what, that's what helped him, you know, um, basically, yes. And, and, in, and that was a real tension because... This man, there was a tension between a woman that wanted to honor her husband, but understood that that was a violation of the word of God. Because the word porneo is in fact the word for sexual sin in the scripture. So doing that would be a direct violation to the word of God. So here she was, they were in this crisis, and they came to me. That's a real situation. There is no way I could have counseled that woman in that situation to violate what is I know is the will of God because she wants to. I, I'm, I'm thinking of the story in the book of Acts where the, um, the apostles, they called them and they said, they beat them and said, you can't preach in the name of Jesus Christ. They said, but, they said consider for yourselves. Is it better for us to obey God than to obey man? And so 
again, in those kinds of situations, the dynamics are different. You have to understand. The word of God is the final habit of truth. But there are some areas where you can, you can clearly say, this is a violation of the will of God. Sister, don't do it. Because it will lead you down a deeper hole. It's better for you to take a, a stand on God's side now and let God deal with that man. But say, I love you, my husband. I cannot dishonor God. Because I love you, I cannot, I cannot dishonor God. In, in, in that situation, I see what you're saying. At that time, uh, for me, uh, the spirit of pornography is another spirit entirely. It's another spirit entirely. That is the spirit I was trying to explain something from the marine kingdom. At that time, I'm looking at my husband as somebody that is possessed by that spirit. Or maybe tormented by that spirit. Then I can go into deliverance for him. I knew that. I'm not going to do it as a way, like you said before, a soft answer. When I hear that from me, I will know that another spirit are taking, is not in charge. It's not in control. I still have to go to God. I still have to. But that doesn't mean I'm going to do it. As you said, you know, I'm, I'm that, in that kind of instant, uh -huh, because it's still me and him. Nobody is in there. It's me and him. And what is really cementing us together is God Almighty, that bond. So I, I will, that one is deliverance. Maybe I will lay hands on him. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, so, the, you know, no, no, the thing is there are situations that, you know, like Pastor Charles said, that are not direct violation of the word of God. Because, you know, that place said, you know, uh, that husbands or wives should respect their wives as unto the Lord. Yeah. As unto the Lord. In other words, as you would do or as Christ is doing. Do it as Christ is doing. Do it. So that should be the guiding principle. Would Christ want me to watch pornography? Would Christ do that? Would Christ do that? Instead of my saying, well, you know, the husband is the boss, and therefore I have to obey, I would rather, I would rather that I suffer because I am obeying God than. To obey, you know, you know, to do evil and suffer the consequences and sin against God, sin against your body. So I don't want to be an enabler. I don't want to enable my husband. I don't want to enable my wife to continue in that mode of behavior. Because if I do, then I am also, you know, at fault. I am also at fault. So that is what I'm, I am, I am, I am trying to say. level, we have to really understand like in that area and in the area of my new um, issue at home, like the one I just discussed with my, about concerning the daughter that I was talking to. And most of the time it's really, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> most of the time it's really minute things like that because some, some things I just listen to, just little, little stuff that you can just, okay, maybe your husband said, you know, my, 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 my mother, you know, you have to, okay, the issue of that. To say, okay, you are married. Okay, let me not go there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't want to. I don't want to go into something that we're not going to leave here. Praise the Lord. Go ahead. <laughs> it's your mother-in-law, father-in-law. I don't want to go there. Praise let, the Lord. Let, let, 
let me just. I, I, I know there are some dynamics of some marriage relationship that uh, is beyond. I don't know the English word to use for it. Um, just the expectation. You see, that like what Pastor Charles said. I don't know before one steps into a marriage, don't you see that sign? It's, you know, because yeah, yes, because the thing about it is, I for one, I'm talking about what you, because the first time I, somebody has tried to expose me to pornography was a man. And I was never saved. But I just said, why should I be looking at naked people when I'm, I'm not sick? And I said, I don't need this. To me, I think it's a mental problem. Because those things, people that have these kind of things, there are some people who have psychological problems. And again, it's spiritual. It's I don't spiritual. want to hold this down. Okay. These things are from the marine kingdom. Okay. And, and, and they are at work. There are some, some spirit husband, spirit wife, and you see the man sleeping and somebody else. No, it's more spiritual. Okay, so that is why the prayer is really needed. Because if somebody has psychological and spiritual problem, then you need prayer. Yeah. yeah. Praise the Lord. Okay, you can just, um, our brother there. We have a lot to, um, just Praise one God. question. And While we're just talking, something was just flashing through my mind. And two words. We've been talking about prayer, and we've been talking about counseling. So the, to the first one, prayer, the question is, how many people really pray when you have issues? How many people really have that communion with God to take things to God in prayer? People take it to friends. They don't even take it to the church. So that is one thing I want us to really, really talk about. The second thing is counseling. Um, the Bible says, in the multitude of good counsel, there is safety. It is so sad that when people have issues, they don't find themselves within group of people that will give them good counsel. And that is why a lot of people fall into situations that they can't handle. People don't come to church. They don't seek help. People want to be independent. They want to handle situations in their own way. So that is one thing I want us to talk about. I, I, I'm looking for a situation whereby people will get to a point in their life and they will be like, oh, I think I need to seek for help. I need, to, I, I need help. So that is one thing I want us to really, really talk about. And my prayer is that um, when we find ourselves at that crossroad, will not take our case to people that will give us bad advice. So that's just my Praise the Lord. Comment. I want us to just, um, I, want, I think we have about um, 15 minutes right now. And having said that, thank God at least we all will go home with something today, honestly, because I believe we need this in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And in the issue of loving, um, I think one of the uh, first qualities that I talk about of a real man, or was it the second one, is that a real man is the one that loves the mother 
the mother of his children. Hallelujah. And, and when we look at love, I think Pastor Charles says something real quick. There is a difference. Everyone listen. There is the way man process love. It's different from the way women process love. We have to understand that. That one is very important. Uh, for a woman, if you can tell me, you can tell a woman, you're beautiful, you're so sweet, you are the only sugar in my tea, the only tomatoes in my jollof rice, uh, uh, you know, the only brain in my skull, without you, my brain is messed up. You know, when you tell a woman that, believe me, instantly, we develop two heads. One visible, the other one is invisible. You can't see it. Have you ever seen a black woman blush? You know, that is how we process it. When you care, when you, when you, when you, when you, when you think, when you spend time. But for, like Pastor Charles said, but for a man, the way they read love is respect. If you want to respect, if you say, I love you, show him some respect. Because all those words that you are just saying, for a man, they, feel, they get it, but it's just, you know. But for, a, for when you show them respect, when you show, when you reverence them, when you, when you have confidence in them. Like my husband, if he wants to, if I want him to tear down this sheet rock and put in another one, I know how I'm going to do it. That is just the absolute truth. I know how I'm going to talk to him. And I'm telling you, he's walking like a horse. Yeah. <laughs> That is just the absolute truth, you know. <laughs> he would, by the time he knows that he's tired, is you know. But when he do a little thing, because I've tried it with him, when I do, tried the other way, it didn't work. So there's a way, and I now know that they like respect. Ah, that you're doing a good job. Wow, look at this thing. You know, if we can finish this, you see him. But when he does something, and I try to complain, I try to, you know, I take strength from him. I just zap him of his strength and he's, he's tired. Before you know it, he starts complaining. Before you know, I'm tired anyway, I'm done. But there's a way I will... I, I hope I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to somebody, you know. Because I, I, want, I want us to leave a home. Because the time of pretend is it's, it's past gone. Let us really... The whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. It's going to manifest through our marriage. I want people to look at me and say, I want the kind of marriage. I want God Almighty. Bless my husband. Everyone is different. But, you know, bring your husband to him and say, God, you know, that's why every woman must pray for her husband. I said it before. Pray for him. Help him to be what God has called him to be. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And they, let me just quickly take one. We have 10 minutes. Um, the qualities of a real husband. A real husband, the Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for who? For his children. I wish we have time. We don't have time to talk about that today. The question is, as a man, what are we leaving? What are you leaving behind? What are you leaving behind? I, we did a closing with one man in, in Winder. The man has 122 houses, not counting subdivisions. And he told me that every month he come up with $60,000. And I'm looking at this man. This man has one head, and I have one head. And he's telling me that even what he has for what the inheritance that he has, he said his children, 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 children will never suffer. 
And I remember Proverbs 13, 22. And I said, we believers, we know how to quote that scripture. We specialize in the theory aspect of it. But the word, they actually practicalizing it. Putting it into practice. You know, so I just want to challenge. That's what I wanted to challenge the men of the church. Hallelujah. Just start doing something. If you've not before, start doing it now. It's never too late. Hallelujah. It's never too late. Whatever you must do, do it so that when your children graduate from high school, they are already on the top and they are telling their mates, meet me on the top. Meet me on the top. You don't want your children to graduate from high school and they are struggling. Let them graduate already on the top. And those ones that are still struggling, so that people will know, you say you are a child of God. People will say, take me to the God that you serve. Take me there. And this country is so good. One thing I love about America is that it's a land of opportunity. Whatever you want, you can make it. You can make it. Anything you put your hand to. I told my, my son, I said, you know what? It's not everybody that go to uh, wherever tech goes to study sociology. There's already social media. That's enough. That's enough. I'll give you a quick example then we'll close because I wish I have enough time. I'm just trying to pick, pick, pick. There's a man that cut grass. Pastor Charles, you know this grass? Lomoa, a mold lawn. A Spanish man. Two years ago, I met him and um, I asked him to come and cut the grass in my prayer house. He came and he cut it with his son, seven year old. Ah. Brother Tunde, I met this man two, three months ago, Mr. Lopez. Just two years of cutting grass. Ah. Now he went to go buy a truck and I saw him and I, because he, at that time it's kind of cheap because he cut my grass for like $60 while others are charging like $75. So I was looking for him. <laughs> I was looking for when I saw him in Kroger and I said, oh, Mr. Lopez, I've been looking for you. He's, ah, I said, oh, yeah, Miss Mary, I remember you. This man changed and he has people working for him now. He even have a uniform. And, and, and I said, I wanted you to cut my grass. And he was like, oh, well, where's your address again? And I gave, him, I gave him my address. And he was telling me, you know what? Okay, I'm going to see if I can send one of my guys. One of my guys. I'm like, eh? <laughs> Mr. Lopez had guys already working for him. Two years. I mean, and this is what he's building. This is what he's building. I, I just want to challenge us as men of God. There are opportunities. People outside can look onto our children and say, hey, that man, yes, a, a, a good man, a good father indeed live an inheritance. What are we living? Let's start planning it now. Let's start putting it together. We cannot scratch our head and say, how? This land is a land of opportunities. What can you do? Anything you can do, God can bless it. Anything you can do, God can bless. It does not matter what it is. It does not, even paint. What we do, we do real estate business. Even to look for somebody to paint. This is what you don't even have to go to school. Just get a book, put poor paint and start painting. You're looking for people to do it. You can't find it. Nobody. And you see one Spanish man will come and say, oh, to paint the whole house, I'm going to charge you 1700 1700 And this one will just take like a day or two. I mean, I'm challenging. I wish I have young, young people. We have young, young people in the house. I'm sorry. 
Praise the name of Jesus. But until, because the people have already established. I'm looking at people who are coming up. Hallelujah. I'm looking, I'm, uh, 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 Uncle Today is, I mean, I'm looking for children, people who are coming up, who, can, who I can challenge. Hallelujah. This land is a land of opportunity. We are looking for a land flowing with milk and honey. You are in the land flowing with milk and honey. Bible says, wherever you step your feet, you shall possess. Hallelujah. Let us stand up on our feet.